Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. This will be our last devotion on the Psalms for this year. And I've chosen Psalm 5, which is a really fitting end to our devotions for the year. Um, that doesn't mean it's the end. I will, uh, we will resume in January. But I chose this Psalm because it is a very intimate and loving and close prayer that the psalmist expresses and it reflects his attitude towards God and his word. Let's now turn to Psalm 5 and let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us. Allow us to know how close you want us to draw to you and the intimate relationship that we can have with you, our almighty God and our loving Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 5 For the director of music for pipes, a psalm of David Listen to my words, Lord, consider my lament Hear my cry for help, my King and my God For to you I pray In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice In the morning I lay my requests before you And wait expectantly For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness With you, evil people are not welcome The arrogant cannot stand in your presence you hate all who do wrong. You destroy all who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence. I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God, let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favour as with a shield. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the characteristics of this psalm is that it is very intimate and almost presumptuous, one would say. It lacks that reverence of um, calling out to God Almighty. Listen to just verse 1 and 2. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help. It sounds almost like a demand. There's no please. There's no... A politeness to it. It's just, listen, as though the psalmist expects God to hear him. But yet there is no sense of irreverence either. It is not rude. It is not, he does not take God for granted. But simply he calls us out to God because he knows God listens to him. And throughout this psalm then, the psalmist treats God with such love and adoration, and yet familiarity. I think the word is familiarity. And this is the kind of attitude that I wish for myself and I hope for all my church to have towards God and towards His Word. And that's why I think it's such a fitting end that my hope for all of us is that we develop that familiarity, that intimacy with our God that is not rude and yet not scared of Him either. And so the psalmist comes to God and says, Hear me, God. Like, well, God, I know you hear me, so thank you very much. But do hear me. 
And then he says in verse 3, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. First thing in the day that he does is to bring, to unload all of his problems, all of his needs to God. There is a sense that he cannot start the day unless he has unburdened himself with, to God with everything. I wonder about our dependence on God as well. Implicit in this verse is a deep dependence on God. He cannot live unless everything is brought to God. The day is begun with God. And then from verse 4 to verse 6, he talks about wickedness. The psalmist is well aware that when he approaches God, he cannot come with wickedness, with arrogance, a lying tongue, and bloodthirst. When we come before Almighty God, neither can we carry evil and wicked schemes and arrogance before God. One of the problems of modern Christianity is that we become very triumphalistic. We think of God as ourselves as doing God a favour when we defend His name. We think of ourselves as having done great things, deserving of God's favour and God's approval. That is sheer arrogance. The psalmist knows that when he comes before God, he cannot be carrying a load of hatred, thoughts of vengeance, or even thinking that he's a self-made person. He knows that these things are not acceptable to God. And yet when he comes in, by seven, he says by contrast, but I, by your great love, can come into your house. It's almost like I'm different. I'm not full of sin. I'm not full of bloodthirst. I'm not full of arrogance. And yet he's not being proud or arrogant or self-righteous. Rather, he's saying the reason I come to you is because I'm drawn by your love. By your love, I can come into your house. And here we see the, the two poles, the great paradox. On the one hand, he is drawn by his love for God, by God's love for him. There is a familiarity, there is an intimacy as he goes to God. And yet it is not familiarity that leads to contempt. He treats God with great reverence. When he enters the house of God, he bows down reverentially. We often sway to two poles. On the one hand, on the one side of it, we are so reverential of God that we see him as a God higher and mighty. And we don't know God in intimacy. We don't think of God as someone whom we can talk to. We can just say, God, listen to my prayer, please. We treat him as a God who is far away from us. But the other side of it is that we see ourselves as so familiar with God. Sometimes we treat him like a car valet and sometimes we treat him so shabbily. We forget that he is the God Almighty, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here the psalmist brings the two poles together. He's very familiar with God. He talks to God and says, But God, you draw me by your love into your presence. He talks to God as a friend, as a father, even as a lover. And yet when he comes before God, he bows before God very humbly. That's the kind of attitude I want. I once joked that God and I are on first name basis. He knows me as Ming Li, I know him as God. 
But there is a reality to it, even if it's a little silly. There is a reality because God wants us to be familiar with Him in one sense, to be like a child to Him, to be like a lover to Him. Someone who calls us by our first name, and whom we call by His first name too, which is God, of course. At the same time, He wants us to come in a reverential way to bow before Him, to adore Him, to respect Him. And then, Psalmist continues, and this is interesting because it says, Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Sometimes we think of God as leading us into his, in His righteousness because we want to be holy. And actually, I balk at that because do I really know what it means to be holy? Do I really long to be holy? I don't even know what it means to be holy. Is it to be restricted in, my, in the things that I do? And sometimes we say, Lord, lead me in your righteousness because I don't want to displease you. Well, that is true to some extent and some of us, we ought to feel that way. But the psalmist has a far more practical sense to it. He says, lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. You see, this brings prayer and our thoughts of God down to earth. It's about my problems, yes. I have so many people I don't trust. I have liars all around me, people who tell me things that I that are false, who mislead me. And God, the only one who is trustworthy is you. There are no lofty ideals of being holy and special and all that. It's simply that, God, I can't live my life without you, you know. When I stop and I start listening to people talk, I don't know when they're telling, me the, telling the truth. I don't know when they're trying to sabotage me or undermine me. And so, God, you lead me. Because you are the only one I can trust. If I were to look at people and put my trust in them, they could tell me all sorts of things. Some who will flatter me, others who will condemn me, some who will belittle me, others who will make me sound like I'm always right. And God, I don't know anymore. God, lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Verse 9, he says, not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave and their tongues, they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let the intrigues be their downfall. Banish from them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Samus doesn't feel safe on earth. He doesn't know who he can trust. Isn't that how we often feel? We sit and we listen to different versions and different things that people tell us. At the end of the day, we really don't know who is our friend and who is our foe, who we can trust and who will destroy us. And so we say, God, lead me in your righteous ways. Because when I focus, when I place my eyes on you and the things that you teach me from your word, then God, I will not be swayed. And then verse 11 to the end, he says, Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favour as with a shield. The psalmist concludes with sense of security in his heart. The God you protect us will turn to you. We live 
in a world that is fraught with difficulties. But we have a God who invites us to be familiar with Him, to be intimate with Him, to see Him as our beloved Father, to talk to Him as friend with friend, first name basis, who recognizes and knows us and says, come, come and talk to me. We take this invitation to talk to Him always. We take that dependence that this psalmist has right early in the morning, first thing in the morning, I come to you with all my problems because I know you hear me, you listen to my complaints and my laments and you lead me because there's no one else I can trust. I hope that this will also be our prayer and our attitude towards God. A deep love, a trust, a sense of safety with God. And yet, a reverence for Him as well, a a respect for our God. Let us pray. Father, it's so hard to express our love and thanks to You. Because You called us Your friends. You call us to come to You freely, boldly, to leave with you our burdens, to to bring to you our needs. Because you hear us. You hear us when we complain. You hear us when we cry out to you. I pray that for each of us here, we may, you may be the first person we run to early in the morning, the first person we run to whenever we face problems and difficulties and challenges. And you welcome us. We thank you that you welcome us lovingly, almost like children, always with the authority to run to you, any time, any day, any moment. But Father, we come to you reverently and respectfully as well, because you are King of kings and Lord of lords, the wisest of all. Father, we want you to lead us, because you alone is trustworthy. Everything else is uncertain. People may may betray us. People may mislead us. People may give false hope to us. But you alone, Lord, are trustworthy. Teach us, therefore, in all things, in all circumstances, to trust in you and to walk in your ways, to trust, Lord, that you are wise, and to know that you are kind. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now then, it's Advent time, and I invite you to spend time alone with God. Um, Allow God to remind you of His great love for you. And come, celebrate Christmas with us on the 25th. And on the 26th, we have a church service as well. Come and join us. Let's all... Seek the Lord together. Thank you and God bless you. And I'll resume the podcast in January. Haven't decided on the date yet, but we will send notices to you when uh, we are about to begin. See you then. God bless. Goodbye.